Hey there, I'm Tom Polifka. This is the Curious Hero Podcast, the space where entrepreneurs can turn their curiosity into an asset at any age. It's time to scratch that itch. Let's continue. Imagine you're playing a video game, and this video game is based in medieval time period where there's all sorts of different characters and creatures and there's people in the village that are blacksmiths and farmers and warriors and the king, the queen, all different types of characters. And during this game, you've got certain missions you've got to accomplish. And there's all different types of people providing supporting roles. So as a farmer, they grow the crops to feed the village. <clears throat> they get compensated, obviously, for the crops that they provide. You've got the bartender who serves the the beer at the local tavern. Uh, you've got the hotel owners that um, provide a place for people to rest and recoup over the night. All different types of roles during the video game. And each one of these uh, roles you know, has certain economic incentives to provide the value that they provide to the game. And for example, you know, if you're a blacksmith, you might build the swords for the warriors. You might provide the horseshoes for the horses, those kind of things. So during this game, you have the ability to exchange in an economic fashion from one person to the next. And in most video games, that's done through points or some form of in-game currency that really doesn't exist in the real world, but it allows you to transfer some form of values that you can continue to go to the next level in that game. So most games in the past were built like this and companies got wise and they figured, hey, we could sell some of those abilities for actual money and allow those gamers to advance sooner in the game if they were to purchase a bigger sword or a more powerful shield or crops that generated more quickly. And that money that was generated by the company to sell those items to the gamers, the company would just grab all that money. There wouldn't be any value associated with it beyond just being able to play the game at a higher level or be able to advance quicker. And this is how it's been for, for years. Now imagine if that blacksmith in the game was able to create the sword by forging steel and actually selling that service to somebody in the game. And they were able to earn real money by doing that. Imagine if the farmer was able to grow his crops and sell it at the market and earn real money that could be taken out of the game and turned into fiat currency like the US dollar or the British pound. And imagine if there was a landowner in this digital world where the farmer, the tavern owner, the blacksmith, all the local businesses, they had to rent space from this landowner in order to put their property or their business on that land. Just like in the real world, just like with commercial real estate. What if that was all possible in a digital world? Well, I can tell you it's already happening. In fact, there's people that are spending and investing millions of dollars in digital real estate within games. There's people that are already playing these video games and earning more money than they were at their regular nine to five job. In March of 2021, 
the Wall Street Journal published an article written by a Marco Gutierrez. The title of it was NFTs are spurring a digital land grab in video game worlds. It says investors and gamers are buying millions of dollars worth of land that only exists in video games. So this article was written discussing NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. If you're not familiar with those, they're generally basically just images. And these are images like artwork that are sold. They're one-of-a-kind pieces of art that are sold for upwards of $69 million, if not more, nowadays. These are obviously bought by some very wealthy individuals, really just from a artistic point of view and being able to say, I I own the one and only CryptoPunk. And NFTs, these non-fungible tokens, basically are the way that they're able to validate on the network, on the blockchain, that they are a one-of-one piece of work. And that's how video games are able to sell this in-game digital assets like land or property or swords or boats or things within a video game can actually be owned by the players in what's called an NFT. And so within the article, it goes on to talk about this company called Gala Games. And in fact, I am very much involved in Gala Games. And there's a lot of different things I'll probably cover in later episodes regarding the different ways that you can be involved in the video game industry through this digital land grab that they're calling. So one of the ways was to purchase one of these citadels, which is a basically a piece of property within this game called Mirandus. And this game allows uh, individuals to own property. And then that property, like I mentioned before, could be used to rent out to other people. Uh, if you owned a tavern, you know, you can charge people for drinks and just like any other economy would. So there are individuals as well as businesses that are acquiring these digital real estate properties within these video games. And actually there was one property within Mirandus, the video game that was sold for $1.6 million. And this is a game that actually hasn't been created yet. Most likely it will be launched within the next year or two. So this is basically speculation on real estate within a game that many see as being one of the most popular video games played by millions of users potentially. For most people, this sounds absolutely crazy that people would invest millions of dollars into digital real estate inside of a video game. But I'll tell you, fortune favors the bold. It also favors the curious. And when you start diving into the numbers, you realize how big the video game industry really is. As of 2020, the video game industry is estimated to be worth $159 billion. That is more than the music and movie industry combined. Now in 2025, that is forecasted to grow to be worth more than $268 billion. Currently, there are 2.9 billion players in the global gaming industry. That's almost 40% of the entire population of the world. One of the interesting statistics that I found was that 85% of the industry revenue comes from free-to-play games. Let me repeat that. 85% of the money made by the gaming industry comes from free-to-play games. So how do they make their money? 
Well, it's those in-game opportunities to pay to expedite your leveling up in the game or it's advertising. So they build these video games, they become very fun to play and they're free to play. But once you get them hooked and playing the video game, then you offer those users the opportunity to pay to up-level their character in the game or to move faster up to the next level. So what do you think is going to happen come 2025 when there is that estimated $270 billion being made in the gaming industry and those people that are playing the video games now become owners inside the video games? They actually are earning income playing the game and providing value within the game. 85% of the industry revenue comes from free-to-play gaming. So can you imagine the amount of wealth transfer that's going to happen? This will allow people, no matter where they are in the world, no matter what financial position they are currently in, it's going to allow them to participate and play a video game, add value to an economy within the video game, and to not only increase their revenue, their income, but also provide value to the digital real estate owners within the video game. The ones that own the properties, the hotels, the the land that is rented out. There's an entire economy that's going to happen. And in fact, one of the most exciting things about this for me is seeing the ability to teach kids and people about economics through a game, allowing people to play a video game and seeing how money moves through an economy. When somebody provides value in the form of whether it's a blacksmith creating a sword or a farmer growing some crop, they provide value. And then in turn, that value is then sold um, at market and paid for by other people that need what they've created. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, that sounds really cool and interesting. And I you know, had no idea that that was possible, but I don't play video games, so it's just not for me. And what I'll tell you is if you don't start learning about blockchain and cryptocurrency, you're going to be left behind. Every industry will use blockchain in some capacity or another. The real estate industry will use blockchain for signing contracts transferring funds, verifying ownership of property. Your marriage certificate will be stored on the blockchain. The medical industry will be using blockchain. And in fact, they currently are. There's a company called Solve, Solve Healthcare Platform, and they use blockchain to redefine the care coordination, improving access to care, reducing benefit administration costs and helping reduce fraud and and waste within the healthcare industry all around the world. So there's a lot of different uses for blockchain and gaming just happens to be one of them. I'm super excited for blockchain gaming specifically out of all of these technologies because I see it as a way to empower people all around the world no matter you know what they were born into the ability to have fun, add value to an economy, and to create something that they own. Also, the educational component to this. I think way too many people have very little education related to economics and actually how the economy works. I'm a huge proponent of entrepreneurship and small business ownership, and I think more people would be better off if they understood how 
they provide value within an economic system. And what better way to do this than to play a video game and learn and earn as you go? Who knows? Maybe one day you'll see Curious Hero, the video game. I don't know, kind of has a ring to it. So like I always say, stay curious and be your own hero.